Hey, Middlers, this is Daniel Williams. Now, you may know me as Danny. I actually produced the Married in the Middle podcast for good friends Rod and Kai as we've gone through season one, eight episodes of their podcast. We're taking a planned strategic break over the summer. Uh, one value and important thing for these uh, guys is to spend time as a family. And so they're off on vacation, but we wanted to give you uh, a couple of bonus episodes over the summer as we filmed and recorded some different content and we're gearing up for season two to hit in the fall. And so I actually uh, host another podcast, the Leadership Lessons Podcast for church leaders to encourage and equip them. And I had uh, Rod and Kai be interviewed by me for my podcast. It's about a 55 uh, minute interview that we wanted to share on um on the Marriage in the Middle podcast for you middlers to just get your uh, content over the summer and for you to be excited about uh, season two. I know that Rod and Kai are working hard thematically, planning it out, even a different location for filming. Uh, it's going to be a great season, but we wanted to give you a couple of episodes over the summer, and this is one of them. So this is the interview that I have, have with them as church leaders. As you know, Pastor Rod uh, is a, a, a pastor at Gospel Fellowship at Moynton Beach, and uh, being able to manage not only his family, but a church and work and life and ministry all in once also being married, uh, it's a hard balance. And so I was able to ask them and glean wisdom for uh, the leaders that I influence. But I think that this is going to be great content for you as well. So without further ado, here is a great interview, a bonus episode over the summer for you to enjoy of Rod and Kai talking about marriage and ministry. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Rod. And this is Kai. And welcome to Married in, in the Middle. Middle. We have been married for 18 years. We have four amazing kids and a dog named Appa. This podcast is about helping marriages flourish through the challenges of the middle years. Well, hey, everyone. I'm here with good friends, Rod and Kai. They're actually Rodney and Kaisha. But yeah. when you're good friends, you can yeah. call each other by uh, nicknames. Names. What, do you, right. what do you call me, Rod? Uh, daddy boy. <laughs> right. uh, you oh, know man. me as Daniel, but good friends call me Dan or Danny. And that's why uh, I got this Patreon conversation to be able to talk to you guys about marriage mm. and ministry. Kaisha, yeah. I really yes. want your input as well. Really? Okay. Let's do give it. Me, give me this stuff. Hey, <laughs> before be we quiet. get into marriage and ministry, uh, just a little connection. How, how do you, Rod, do you remember that how we actually even met, how we got connected, anything like that? Yeah, church planting, man. We both are church planters, Danny and Delray. I'm in Boynton Beach, neighboring cities, and just a love for Jesus and people hearing about the gospel is kind of what connected us uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, we've been, we've been laboring 10 years together and uh, doing a lot of different things. We do 21 days prayer and fasting. We do different ministries. We've done... Uh, Good Friday services together, yeah. prayer events, uh, outreach, yeah. alpha, all this different stuff. But right now what we're doing actually is a thing called Married in the Middle podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, can you guys just explain? I'll start with you, Kaisha. Mm -hmm. Well, why is a, a podcast just so important to you and in your dreams and your hopes? Something you probably dreamed about your entire life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because that is not necessarily something I, that I... Uh, dreamed about doing but i think that it's necessary um it's called married in the middle because it's it's aimed really towards uh 
couples who have uh, been in it for a while. They're not newlyweds and they're not empty nesters. They're kind of in the grind of life. Um, and um, it's really tough at that stage of life when you're being pulled in a lot of directions. Um, and we've been working with couples for, for a long time, even since before we were, were married ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just felt like it, it would be a natural flow and that it would bless um, other couples to, to help work through some of the challenge of being married in the middle yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, we're here on set, Married in the Middle podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, it's really good. Give you guys the nice mics, you know. <laughs> what about what about like you, Rodney? Mic. Like, why why do you want to even as a church planner, as a pastor, why is it so important to specifically have a hone in on ministry uh, for marriages and married in the middle? Yeah, I think I think marriages are the foundation of society. I think. If you don't have marriage, it's going to be a struggle to get the church. It's going to be a struggle to get the society. And Mm -hmm. I think the breakdown in the family is one of the biggest tragedies of our society. And so I think if we can strengthen that singular unit of a husband and a wife, I think so much fruit can come out of that. And so I've just been challenged by the Lord to do it. I mean, the short answer of why we do it is because God told us to do it. And uh, we want to be obedient and we want to see marriages make it to the long haul. We want to see people uh, get old and, and walk slowly down the sidewalk with That's canes. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we just want to see people leave a godly legacy, which includes marriages. Yeah. yeah. So what I want this conversation to be about is um, marriage and ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, my audience, my peeps are church leaders, church planners, missionaries, yeah. key leaders, deacons, elders, however they're serving in the church. And, and I think that it's important to talk about marriage but also the context of ministry mm-hmm. and in ministry mm-hmm. uh, the first subject i want to think about is just investing in marriage investing in marriage i know investing in marriage is an important part and a thing to do uh, for a healthy marriage but like how do you guys invest in your marriage and um, especially as busy church planners missionary um, people that are sent by god and called to do so many different things how do you guys take time to invest in, with one another yeah, I think I think so many times we think about the big things. We think about big week long or two week long vacations. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. for us, probably our primary investment is our pillow talk, yeah. which is as the night's winding down, it's checking on each other's hearts. It's making sure that that we're we're together in whatever that day is. We try not to let the sun go down on us in an in argument or in strife or in confusion, and so. I think I think that's a, a huge part of it, just the oneness on a daily basis. I think the second thing is um, trying to pri- trying to make sure the church is in order by making sure your family is in order, and that the church is clear on expectations, not to overwhelm the minister, or the elder, or the deacon, or whoever you are, uh, so much so that you can't prioritize your mm-hmm. marriage because mm-hmm. you're so boggled down in ministry, and so each week. I take a Sabbath. Uh, we used to take a Sabbath together. She's working on Job our Sabbath, changed, so we're yeah. figuring it out now. But we just try to allocate time in the week for us to spend time and yeah. to connect together. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a it's a fight. It's a struggle for us as, as well to find that time to get together. Even our pillow talks, uh, as as needful as they as they are at times, when we by the time we get to the pillow, we're really tired. Pillow yeah. <laughs> <Good night. laughs> sleep—that's what they call it. Right, and so um, I think. You know, we, we get in where we fit in. And mm. sometimes that, you know, it looks like us leaning on our community for, for help. Yeah. Um, we just got to a place where our oldest can finally, like, 
be like I think our older two can like be with the the rest of them and we can uh, skirt away for a little bit um, get little times away but yeah it, it may not look like your Friday or night or Saturday night um, you know sometimes that may mean Monday morning or Wednesday uh, you know midday but where wherever we can find that time um, I think we, we try our best to, to, to not, we're not always successful yeah. <laughs> but we try our best to try to get it in you know it's needful and and when we don't we can feel it yeah. when mm-hmm. and we've gone sometimes stretches of time where we haven't been able to get that one-on-one time and you see it kind of spilling out in, in different areas, areas of, yeah. of our lives and we realize like man once we do get back together like man we we just really need to keep fighting to for, for a time to be together yeah well what, what advice would you have for ministry couples uh and sort of how to invest in time in the case for the importance of investing in your marriage because obviously it's not just necessarily you rod or kaisha but you guys are both serving the lord together right. different ministries and serving together uh, on your podcast but also mm-hmm. separately as you have a preaching ministry youth group you know mm-hmm. kids like there's women's events going on right. so like how what, what's the advice that you would give to ministry couples to invest in their marriage in terms of like actual things that you can do things you can do or just like something say if you had like a some some leaders in your church that are stretched and they're busy yeah what would you tell them the importance of like listen lies you got to carve out time you got to do this yeah. yeah i think it's i think one of the things we we strive to do at gospel fellowship and i know it's it's sparing fruit because our leaders tell me it is it's if you are too busy to take care of you then you probably need to scale back on your serving. You are mm-hmm. not that important. I do. I tell the leaders all the time, you are replaceable. I am replaceable. God, if something happened to me, God will raise up another. He, mm-hmm. he always has an assembly, of, assembly line of leaders that he can use. And if you are so overwhelmed at, at church and doing ministry that your husband is going neglected or your wife is going neglected, you need... you. <laughs> You need correction. Yeah. The, the the ministry is out of order. And and I think it's incumbent on us to say, to allow people to say, you know what, I need a season off. I need a month off. I need a, you know, I need something so we can realign our lives because the church is not, the church is built from families, not families for the church. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, I, I would challenge some, it, there, there's an idea behind how you're living that needs to be corrected and, and it's flowing from a sense of performance and not from identity. And God's more concerned with who he's calling you to be than what he's asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And those things need to be in alignment. Yeah, and I think um, just in terms of practicality, um, you know, I think things like this, listening to, to material together, reading something together, going through something together where you are learning so, together to try to grow in your marriage and challenge, uh, you know, be challenged to, to grow in your marriage. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, to, to fight for, like I said, for the, for that time, yeah. I think together, um, you know, and, and date nights, if you, if you get a chance to be on a date night, it may not necessarily look like you're just having fun. Like sometimes that's a, that's a, dis- a long two hour discussion. <laughs> that's why necessarily- date nights can be cheap sometimes. That's right. Go just just go grab some wings and head to the beach, you know, um, and, and get that time in together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to have healthy marriages, uh, you have to have boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Like one thing that we have, I sort of have a rule, Laura and I, uh, is I try not to do 
over three nights a week in mm -hmm. ministry to sort of block my time to make sure I'm eating food. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, meaning I'm going to have to say no to some good stuff right. so I can say yes to the family, which right. I'm called to. And so you have to proactively protect your marriage uh, and your family and even your time with the Lord. And, you know, we're all human, we're all finite. So for you guys, what have been some helpful boundaries that you've like put in place as you're serving the Lord and want to serve people, but you realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm yeah. not a hero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you guys have any sort of wisdom on how to cultivate a healthy marriage with boundaries? Yeah, I think, I think the nights are, are critical and I, and I, we, we do something very similar. So, uh, I try to align my schedule to give at least two available nights out in the week. And then other than that, I'm trying to be home. I, I think that's important. I think having limits on, on who's able to have access to yeah. you now hear me we need to be available for everybody we need to be ready to serve where but but the leader's primary objective in my mind should be pouring into other leaders and if you're pouring into everybody there then your leaders are going underdeveloped so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I try to have a strong intentionality that i'm pouring into people that are pouring into other people and so that that limits the number of people that I'm engaging with, but it also strengthens the overall health of the church mm -hmm. because we're raising up other leaders. And so I think that's a big piece of a of a boundary as well. Yeah, we we um, in the early days it was hard, and yeah. I think we just wanted to meet with everyone, and yeah, we, I, did. we 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 did. <laughs> there were people in our house every other day, and our kids were younger; they loved it, the constant company. Um, but after a while, it did take a toll and you feel completely stretched um, and you feel like you, you become limited in what you can give to your family. And so I think us even clarifying who we're spending our time with, like yeah. focusing on who we're spending our time with, really helped us to be more intentional um, about about who we were meeting with and, and the purpose. And um, instead of just kind of shooting in the dark um, and uh because I think at times we would would meet with people because we just wanted them to be a part of the yeah. church. And, we, yeah. you know, you, you meet you meet with, you know, every single person that comes through the door. And some people are not necessarily meant to, to be a, a part of your church or to be a part of your lives long term. And so just like you said, focusing on who we're, we're meeting with and who, who we're spending our time yeah, with I, I, allows I, us to draw that those boundaries. I think that's so big. I think there's a part of every pastor, every pastor's wife. Every ministry leaders that think if I give them time, they'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. If I give them time, they'll stick. They just need enough time with me right. and that'll <laughs> do it. And it's like, bruh, uh, people going to go. Yeah. If, if, if COVID taught us anything, it's like there are people that stay for a season and then they leave. There are people that stay, stay with you and they're connected to you. And there are people that are probably going to be there for a very short time. And it's God that builds his church. It's not something you're doing or not doing. I think you want to be faithful. I think you want to serve with everything you have. I think you want to minister effectively. You want to minister clearly. Mm -hmm. But if you think you can do something yeah. to make somebody stay, that's 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 the kind of work that God does, not not someone. And so, um, yeah, I think that... Yeah, those, those that boundaries were, were huge. It was huge for us because then it, it just um, allowed us to separate okay, this is our, like, I think our nights are, are, are really important. I think yeah. wherever we are kind of split up. Um, sometimes I don't feel like having dinner all together at the table mm -hmm. with a family, but once we're, once we get there, you know, you're fighting to get there. This one has that going on. This has a project due. Mm -hmm. There's always something that can, can take away from that time. Yeah. But 
come, you know, when we finally get to that table and we sit down together, you feel like, okay, this is a safe place that we've created for one another and for, and for our children. And you can see that you can see and feel the fruit from that. So I think protecting our nights, um, is something else as well. Let's talk about that real quick, because when we think about, um, our schedule and our thinking about boundaries, thinking about our schedule, you know, some people say love is spelled out T I M E time. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to safeguard against others, but how do you guys connect to actually align your calendar? Let me give you an example Uh, because I'm blessed to be a senior pastor, a lead pastor and sort of organize a lot of church events. I actually plan uh, our church events after I talk to my wife. So I say, okay, babe, what's important? What do we got going on? Mm-hmm. Is this a good weekend for us? Are we doing too much, too little? What does that look like? And so we actually have to have a planning meeting. How important is like planning with your spouse, your schedule, and just being very practical? So everyone mm-hmm. wants to say, oh, go on weekly date nights and go on these romantic things. Right. How important is just like actually communication in a relationship and planning? Huh. I think that's everything. <laughs> we And we have been through a whirlwind, yeah. I think, when, when it comes to that. We still don't have it perfect. Yeah. Um, because his schedule kind of takes him all over, especially his involvement with Acts 29 and sometimes having to travel, it can get really challenging. But I think one thing that we've done, um, I'm not huge on on technology, mm-hmm. but I had to kind of get over myself and we, we joined our, our calendars together. Yeah. And that way, as we as things are happening, we, we can talk about because us talking about it right over the head (laughs) and then and then it's a matter of yes i did tell you no you didn't tell me yes i did we were we were here doing this we're like no you didn't you didn't say that in detail pillow talk (laughs) right (laughs) oh i fell asleep (laughs) um and so i think um us having uh, you know men talking about it but then putting it in the calculate not calculate in the calendar helps us to uh and checking that calendar on a, on a daily basis kind of helps us to stay connected to one another's schedule and what you know what's happening in each other's lives and in our children's lives because we have four of them and they each have little things that are happening that you know that yeah. that we need to stay um, on one account with yeah but we've we've tried the the calendar along the the wall that didn't that didn't work out. That was a joke. I mean, and that, and that works for some, for some people. It just it, it didn't work for us. I think that's good though to actually try things out. Like shared calendar does yeah. not work for my wife. We're no. old school. Like uh, the paper thing is good. Mm-hmm. She's on top of the kids. I organize this or she organized that. We come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's too finding your groove and then yeah. even same couple, different season. Different another season. another strategy. Another strategy. Right? Another <laughs> strategy. Like, you got to yeah. just keep on reinventing and keep on trying. Yes. And like yeah. it, it used to be, yeah. you know, I tell people before they got married or before they got had kids, it's like, dude, every day was like a date. Every yeah. day. <laughs> and then you get kids and you're like, everything's just changed. You right. know? So it depends on your season of life. Mm-hmm. But I think no matter what season of life is in ministry, we want to have a healthy marriage. We want mm-hmm. a marriage that glorifies God, that's yeah. thriving. How would you guys define a healthy marriage? What does a healthy marriage look like? especially in ministry? What, how does God define a healthy marriage? What, what is that? Because I think sometimes we even think about health and being a uh, health in, in the church and a healthy mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean to have a healthy marriage? Yeah, I think, I think if you, you, you look at Ephesians 5, I think Paul is drawing that picture for us um, when, when the husband sacrifices for the wife, lays down his life for the wife, and the wife is honoring and respectful to her husband. 
I think I think there are there that's fertile ground for marriages to flourish, mm-hmm. and so there's where where there's respect and love, where there's this give and take, and there's this freedom for the person to be who God has called them to be, without the other person being intimidated or jealous or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. it's it's those healthy boundaries that allow that person to grow that 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 produces a marriage that flourishes and is reproducible. And so now as people are seeing not just the gifting yeah. of your ministry, but the character of your marriage, yeah. that's something that catches on in the life of the church and, and allows marriages to, to, to be uh, considered honorable and something to be desired. And so I think where the fertile ground of love and respect yeah, is, is and, and you know, uh, at, at minimum, a striving toward that because yeah. we, we obviously we don't always get that right. People don't always get that right. Um, but are, uh, is that what you're fighting for? Mm-hmm. You know, if that sometimes we're, we're, you're moving and you're running and you're striving for something, and you fall, you get back up and you continue to strive for that. And I think that 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 shows beautiful health because you could there there's failure in growth. But you you get up and you keep you keep pressing towards that. He continues to try to uh, sacrifice himself for uh, for me, and I continue to try to honor him. Um, and and in our failure, we remember the gospel, yeah. and it empowers us to 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 keep going, yeah. you know, even when think, it's hard. I think some other markers of health is that there's a there's a there's a a flowing communication between husband and wife that is done in a way that's healthy and uplifting and truthful. Um, I think a service towards each other, a sacrificial mm-hmm. service to where mm-hmm. I'm concerned about where you are yeah. and I'm willing to help where you are and mm-hmm. to support you and to work alongside you, I think are two other markers of yeah. um, a healthy marriage. So basically what you're saying is in order to be healthy, it's going to take some work. Absolutely. It's going to take some work. <laughs> no, hard work. Grit, listen, blood, listen, sweat, and listen tears. to our podcast. Blood, sweat, and you'll, tears. You'll, you'll hear it. Um, blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. That's the yeah. reality. But marriage is a gift from God, gift. right? Yeah. Giver of all good, all good things. Our sanctification process is yeah. really good for us. And marriage is also fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about, what about y'all? How do y'all have fun with dealing with so much seriousness, responsibility of yeah. kids, bills, ministry, work. Like, give some advice to some of us that are just type A, mm-hmm. want to work, yeah, work, yeah, work, yeah. work, and yet we see in Scripture, but there is the Sabbath, there is some rest, there right. is some enjoyment yeah, yeah. of God. What about that area? What advice would you give to couples that have maybe lost the fun in marriage, mm. that don't rest, don't play together, and mm-hmm. are just all about the work? What, yeah. how, how does play actually help with our work? Yeah, I think I think that's where planning, like for instance, uh, probably tonight or tomorrow night, our family's going to get away to get some time to... Bro, get up in that mic. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, tonight or tomorrow night, our family's going get to aw- get away to get some time to go see the lights uh, down in down in Broward and that's just going to be a fun time that we do every year together and we're just going to have a we're going to have a good time doing that I think it's it's the intentional planning of for your family for you and your spouse to enjoy time it's the planning of vacations it's having something to look forward to the Mm -hmm. weekend getaway Uh, so so we try to get away together just my wife and I quarterly and then we try to plan a bigger thing once a year. This past year was Mexico. Uh, we're still thinking about what next year is going to look like for us. But it's this idea of we're going to get away together, just the two of us, intentionally, to have fun mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, and I think 
that should be a culture of the church as well. And so there's some segments in the life of your church where the church is having fun together. Our staff is having fun together. Our, our, our people are enjoying themselves. And so I think that's, that's, again, that's an important outworking of this first family ministry mm-hmm. outflowing into the life of the church. And I think that's, I think that's why. Yeah, it's about prioritizing. Like sometimes that's hard. It's certain women that I talk to, um, it's, uh, you know, them not wanting to leave their kids uh, with mm. a certain person. Like mm-hmm. maybe there are people in your community who would be willing to step in and help. And of course you want to be safe. And, you and, want your kids and, and to be wise. safe sure. and you yeah. want to be wise. Um, but sometimes it's a mindset of I'm not leaving my I'm not leaving my kids, period. And their kids have to do everything with them. And that's just it's not even healthy for your kids. It It's not even it's it's healthy for your kids to see you getting away together and having mm-hmm. fun together because when you can get away together when you can have a good time together right. you're better to your children we we've talked we've talked to our kids about that right. and it's so funny the last time we were going away our young uh, one of our one of our younger ones said um, well why do you have to go why can't we go with you and our oldest said to him um RJ, it's important for mommy and daddy have that time together, okay? And you want you want mommy and daddy to be nice to us, okay? So they need some time <laughs> right. to be able to have a good time as adults, right. and uh-huh. you know. And I was like, wow, I, I, it was it was funny, but I'm like thankful to God that you know we'd been telling them this since they were were all younger, and yeah. and I'm understanding like we have to get away too. Yeah. It's so it's so funny. I think we come from a generation of of pastors that said that place the church above their family, put, no, put, put the church above their spouse. And, and they just knew, the spouse knew that, that she was subject to the pastor's real first wife, which was the hmm. church. Or they put the children in front of the marriage. And so, yeah, but I got to make sure the children okay. It's my job to hold down yeah. the children. Whenever you put those things before the marriage, the marriage suffer, and the marriage is the thing that should be upholding both of those other relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I think we we, we come from a generation, at least I do, come mm-hmm. from a generation where um, there was that the priorities were all out of whack. And so I think returning to that first ministry, and I think this generation is doing that, um, returning to that first ministry of marriage and Sabbath and rest and functioning out of who we are, um, not just performing to see what we can make happen in ministry. And so I think that's that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with marriage and having fun often follows fruit, which yeah. would be kids, mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we talk about a healthy marriage and we have some kids, uh, <laughs> oh, at some point that's a part of our marriage and ministry as well because it's a calling and a blessing to have yeah. kids. They're a blessing. But for you guys, how did kids change your dynamics, not only in marriage, but also in ministry? Uh, for my wife and I, when we she had younger kids, it actually uh, caused her to step a, take a step back or two from all the responsibilities she was doing at the church because God had now called her in that season to be with the kids. What about you guys? Like, how have you seen just the seasons of children mm-hmm. affect your marriage, affect the ministry, and um, you know maybe give us some hope to know that we can go through it with these children? I think when it comes to the marriage, it it. Uh, can create another barrier for connecting. Mm. Um, a woman's heart is, I believe, always going to be drawn towards nurturing her children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, similar, similarly to Laura, I, I feel like I, with with each child, <laughs> I feel like in a way I was drawn away um, more and more uh, yeah. to make sure 
I was tending to their needs. Um, and so it takes, I think it takes more intentionality mm. when you have children. It doesn't have to be detrimental to your marriage. It is a, another, it's a barrier that you have to learn and adjust um, to and, uh, and find ways to overcome um, so that you could still find ways to connect and have fun and, um, and, and, and still have that relationship to be strong yeah. um, while still caring for the kids. So it, it changes, I think it adjusts the way life looks. I think for, for our children, we've always in some way included them in ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just no, like not having them as we have ministry over here and then our family over here. Um, not in terms of like boundaries where we have to draw some lines to, yeah. you know, to protect them, but more in a way of um, bringing them along so that they can see the beauty of serving God's people yeah. um, as a family. I got a good example. We are getting this place ready last night uh, for this recording. And, and I got a broom in my hand and, and, and my daughters are picking stuff up. And my oldest says to me, she's like, Daddy, this is ministry, right? I said, yeah, this is ministry. Like, I think they know that even the preparing before anybody gets here, uh, that service is making room for someone to hear the gospel. Yeah. And that's and that's ministry. I think when when Paul talks about that in Timothy, he's saying part of the the qualifications of who the minister is, who the preacher is, is how his kids respond. I think part of how we involve our kids and disciple our kids and raise our kids is making foolproof of our ministry that we're making disciples in the house that will follow that will follow the Lord Jesus. So I think it's 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 more it's it's potential evidence of a faithful minister um, to have his kids. And again, we can't control whether they walk with the Lord. You you could be Jesus in the home and they still rebel. Right. But I think it's. It's this idea that I'm, I'm, I'm projecting an example, a faithful example to my kids and, and raising them in the fear and admonition right. of the Lord. So I think it's, it's, it's not just a separate part of ministry. It is ministry. Right. It is it's ministry together. And, and there can be a thin line, I think, uh, it's important to address. Like sometimes ministry kids, pastors, kids feel pressure, pressure yeah. from the church, pressure from their parents. And. Um, man, we've we've always wanted to push against that, yeah. um, and, and we want them to see the beauty of ministry and for them to feel a part of it, but not that not necessarily forcing them right. to doing things that they they don't want to do. Sometimes it yeah. means that, but not a constant uh, uh, environment of pressure where they have to behave a certain way. Like if all the kids are running around. My kids are running around too right. because their kids just like everyone else is. Mm-hmm. Um, just being careful not to put that pressure. Um, to, I guess, um, provoke um, resentment against the church because their parents, you know, put pressure on them or were always so involved and kind of left them yeah. behind. And just, and just to have those times where they know they came before the church. Yeah. And so I think last year I t- we, we took a month off of ministry and we were in North Carolina and there was no GF. Mm-hmm. And they missed their church, but they, they sure knew... Did this was this is a vital part of what we're doing like this is ministry that we're not we're we're not at church today it's again it's it's the priorities we grew up i don't care if it was a hurricane if COVID was at its strongest (laughs) if 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 it was a snowstorm like we were in church and um and i get that i get that and i'm thankful for the way i was raised i'm thankful for my heritage and my tradition and it's, mm-hmm. it's a part of why I go as hard as I do. 
Um, but I think there's a there's a there's a time where your kids need to know that they are more important than mm -hmm. your role at the church. Yeah, I think a lot of people are afraid in ministry to raise you know, PKs, yeah. pastor's mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. But you said a little bit about your heritage. What helped you, uh, Rodney, as far as being a pastor's kid, seeing ministry in the church, outside the church, just being raised by a pastor? I'm a PK as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for those church leaders and pastors that are, are raising their kids um, and are afraid? Yeah. I think every child is different. So yes. All of my kids are different, yes, yes, which means I cannot respond to each one of them the same. Mm -hmm. the, part, the scripture says those that win as souls are wise. And so you have to know, you have to know what level of involvement your child is going to respond to and understand that it's not just what is my kid going to do in church. Mm. It's what is my kid going to do in the kingdom. Right. And some of that may not involve anything like anything that happens in church. It may not be sound. It may be law hmm. or medicine and, and create spaces and opportunities and celebrate people in your church that are not just doing great work in church, but doing work in the kingdom, which creates a plethora of opportunities mm -hmm. for them to see how they can glorify God in and outside of Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big piece. I think of, I just don't think we had those lanes to run in when I was growing up, um, which led to uh, even in, in, in some of my siblings and people I know, it just led to different frustrations because gifts could not be exercised mm. because there was not enough opportunities on Sunday morning. Hmm. I mean, if I can't exercise on Sunday morning, I mean, I must not love Jesus. It must be something wrong with me where we just needed to expand how, how vast the kingdom of God is in those various opportunities. That's awesome. And what about for you, Kaisha? Because you didn't grow up your parents being pastors or anything like that. So this right. is all foreign and new in a sense to you. It's not like you said, I want to be a pastor's wife no, or anything. No. So what do you have any anxiety or any, um, you know, fear about raising children or, or well, what's the calling and what advice do you have you been given and received for your life and think that you want to give to other people? Yeah. Yeah. I I had a big fear of that, uh, you know, um, knowing pastors kids, I mean, I didn't really know very many Christians, and, and I don't I come from a Christian home. Um, my Some of my family, they are Christians now. Um, but, you know, it was um, when I became a Christian, I was in college, and just meeting these young, on fire for, for Jesus kids, you know, who were coming back to Jesus. And it seemed every conversation I had, they were coming back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like, I don't understand. This is great. Like, why y'all left? You know, like, what's, yeah. <laughs> what happened? And as you learn about, you know, a lot of them who were leading these campus ministries now at that point, you know, were pastors' kids and ministry kids. And you hear their stories and you understand why, why they rebelled. And that always kind of stuck in my mind. And I knew we would end up, you know, meeting Rodney. I knew we would end up doing something in ministry. Um, but when he said pastor... I think I had a complete meltdown and the complete meltdown. <laughs> complete meltdown. <laughs> and um, I, w that's one of the things that I thought about. Like, I don't want my kids to be pastors' kids. Those are those are the wild ones, you know. That from what I always heard, like those are the ones that go wild. And I think that just knowing that one, what matters most is what's modeled in the home. Like mm -hmm. what happens yeah, in yeah. the home yeah. is what will stick in these kids' minds mm -hmm. the most. Um, because it's, I can't imagine 
how difficult it must be to see your parents reacting one way in front of church people and then being completely different once they leave the church. I, I don't know what, what know that what is, like. but I know Rodney does and I know many other ministry kids and pastors kids do. Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted us to be very authentic. I wanted mm-hmm. to show our kids that we are human and we make mistakes and we're not perfect. Um, and, and that we can apologize to them when we fall short. Um, all those things were, were just important for me because it, it allowed them to see like, okay, my parents are just, they're real, they're humans. They love God and his people and they're serving to the best of their abilities, but, but they're not, they're not perfect. And just also making making it aware to other people yeah do not put expectations on my kids yeah. you know do not um you know i remember early on someone said oh she she's a pastor kid she's not supposed to be and I, and I corrected her very quickly like no you know this is what the kids are are doing it's not harmful they're having a good time it's fine if they can do that too like don't put no limit don't put no expectations on my kids you know <laughs> let them be who they are and and if they if they're striving for, for something it's because of their love for jesus and not for their need to impress you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah amen to that um no i think uh you know when you think of the word integrity it, it speaks of of oneness of who you are it's being the same person in various settings and i think nobody can call you hypocrite like your spouse or your child that's right and i think this is why marriage is so vital this is why you got to do the hard work of being on the same page with your wife so that when you preach and doc she ain't in her pocketbook <laughs> Uh, looking, looking around. for something because she know you blowing steam in <laughs> right. front of all them people. No, like you need you need integrity. You need to be one, and and a part of that is being humble enough, uh, woman of God, man of God, to repent when you're yeah. wrong, to tell your kids, Daddy spoke out of turn, um, Mom dropped the ball. We shouldn't have said that. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. We need to get this right. Like going back. And, and, and repenting where you need to repent so everyone can see you're human. Mm. Yes, you're God's man, you're God's woman, but you're human. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And being willing to repent publicly in front of the church if needed, admitting your weaknesses, uh, exposing your failures. I think that culture of honesty and transparency is important when it comes to integrity. So people can see you as you really are. So you give yourself room to be human yourself. Yeah. Some of the expectation that we place on ourselves are, is only put there by ourselves. Mm-hmm. God doesn't even put that expectation on you to be to be everything, to be all people to everyone. Like yeah. I think it's 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 a self inflicted wound that we experience with our own expectations. Um, and so I think not only do we need to just be honest and transparent and repent. Uh, we need to forgive ourselves in some areas that we've been holding ourselves to a standard that only one man ever met, and his name is Jesus. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's so important as we sort of conclude this conversation talking about marriage ministry is uh, really aligning our hearts with the gospel, mm-hmm. what the gospel says, who we are, identity, growing in the gospel of like our identity from that and not what we do, but being a son yeah. or child of God and um, having fully accepted by him, we're able to flow freely and minister to other mm-hmm. people. And so, like, we understand marriage is hard. Ministry mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. 
But yet, the power of the gospel spurs us on to have a love that compels us to yeah. do these things, Amen. to to sacrifice for our spouse, to sacrifice lovingly in ministry. So marriage is hard. Can you talk a little bit about just about that reality, but yet how the gospel informs us, shapes us, empowers us to have a healthy marriage, to enjoy God and the gifts that He's given us in our spouse and the, the responsibility of ministry and marriage? I can think of something that happened yesterday. Uh, <laughs> we... We were, we were talking, and um, I thought my wife said something about ministry, and the way I interpreted it was is she didn't want to do something. And I took it so personal. So personal. Man, I, oh, my <laughs> might work. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I just, I just took it so personal that it just led to a fallout. Because um, I was like, how could she say this, you know? And then she's she's having her own reaction to that. What 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 was some of your reaction to that? My reaction, I was shocked because I think um, I think you were all you you were all in your feelings. Whoa whoa, we gotta go say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a real it's conversation true. now. It's true. We get real. <laughs> we get real. Yeah, I think I you used the word betrayal. Yeah, straight yo, straight up. Let's just talk straight up. Right, right. Um, I felt betrayed, and I was just like, and Wait, she was what? probably like, it don't even take all of that, right? And but I felt like she said no to me in ministry. Well, it was something that we were planning to do together. Yeah. And I think I was expressing to you some of um, some of the hindrances, like what was hindering my mind yeah. from going forward right. and um, what some of my anxieties and concerns were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you interpreted that as, you don't, so now you don't want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and straight up, y'all. Listen, it was this a is, crazy moment. This is raw and uncut. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's... That's betrayal. And it took, talking about how the gospel informs, it took me saying, man, like, what if she doesn't do it? And then it was like, even if she says no to something, you believe you're supposed to do it. This probably happens all the time in Mm -hmm. ministry. This is probably a real example. The first ministry, Rodney, is Kaisha. Now Now that truth aligned me to be like ministries over here mm-hmm. and Kai's right here. And so we, we're later we're meeting up and I'm driving, I'm thinking, man, I need to get this thing right with, with, with my wife. I need to repent and say, I'm sorry. And she's thinking the same thing. Yeah. She's come back thinking, I want to make sure he don't think that, that I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, and so we meeting up and it's kind of this goofy, romantic kind of thing. Very, very goofy. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's both of us saying to each other, Yo, ministry has its place. Right. Uh, ministry comes and goes. We're going to do ministry for the rest of our lives. But we need to make sure we're right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we then repent and forgive and we get that thing right. And I mm-hmm. think that's the, that's the rhythm, rhythm of how yeah. marriage needs to be informed by the gospel mm-hmm. so that marriage stays in its place mm-hmm. and ministry stays in its place. Um, God's bigger than you. And, and it's his mission. It's his idea. He's inviting you to come and join him in the renewal of all things, but he's going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so um, take care of your marriage. Love your yeah. spouse. Yeah. So marriage is hard work and the gospel informs that. But we also talked about marriage is a joy. Yeah. How does the gospel bring joy to your guys' marriage? I think that was last night. I yeah. think that was like us being goofy. My what? We're, we're at a whiteboard 
I go use restroom and she comes back and she has this big heart that says Rod and Kai in the middle <laughs> of it. It's it's like like for for us, I don't think we have to muster up a lot of joy. I yeah. think we could have fun mm-hmm. in the simplest um, simplest of times. Yeah, I think I think recognizing that we both fall short. Yeah. And that we've been forgiven. Um, I think when we can actually be at peace with that, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it frees us to love and forgive the other person. I think when you're upset and when you're, you know, in heated fellowship, sometimes you're just prone to think Mm -hmm. of all of it's hard to see the good in a person because Mm. you're offended. Um, And I think when when you can get past that and remembering what Christ has done for you and the and the the cost of what he he did for you, it gives you the grace for that other person Um, and it gives you the strength to to do the work of repenting and and forgiving. I think, man, to walk in freedom and to be forgiven uh, and to be at peace with your spouse, that's joy. Yeah. And I think sometimes we overestimate what joy looks like. Joy could be like us sitting on the couch watching TV, holding hands, and we at peace with one another. Yeah. It's joy. Yeah, yeah. it is joy. And we're, we're super goofy. We, we, we love to joke around. Sometimes we make light of situations. We don't take... She try to act like she know what's happening in basketball when she don't. It's, uh, <laughs> Just find, find ways to laugh as, as yeah. much as, you know, much as we can. Go That's Lakers. Nice. You're a Laker fan? Done. Did she see the game last night? Huh? I did, yeah. Uh, okay, so as we close, because we're about to get geek out now. Um, last question. What counsel, advice, wisdom do you have Maybe encouragement for church leaders and their marriages. Just as we close, uh, you you guys put the the hard work in with being vulnerable. You have a podcast to minister to uh, marriages. You want healthy marriages. You want marriages that glorify God. And we're talking to church planners, leaders right now, serving the Lord, pastors, um, volunteers. I mean, people that care about Jesus. And uh, what advice, what wisdom do you have for these church leaders? when it comes to marriage and ministry. Yeah. Shameless plug, Married in the Middle, YouTube, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, <laughs> podcast. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, here, here's a thought. If your marriage ended today, brother, pastor, minister, um, you there's a strong likelihood you'll be out of ministry. Um, or you'll be having to rebuild something. It's And the church will go on. Guarantee you. Um, the church somewhere will go on. It'd be a shame to not tend to your marriage and just have ministry go forward. Um, I want to encourage you, man, to, to lean in and to build your ministry. Many of you all need to get with a counselor and let somebody else speak into your marriage because it's to the point where um, a, a date night may not do it and you need some outside help. Here's my encouragement to you. Get the help that you need. Get with another pastor, get with another mentor, get with a therapist, a counselor, somebody to make sure your your, your marriage is in the most healthiest place because you need that for longevity and ministry and to finish well. So it's my encouragement. What about you, Kai? I mean, the first thing I thought about may seem really cliche, but um, to to make sure for, for your for your own personal journey that you're having time to withdraw away with the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. Because so much yeah. of the anxiety that we have, the fears that we have, um, the the angst that we have to to push and push and push for ministry, um, 
thinking that we're in control of things. Mm -hmm. So much of that can be resolved when we're in the presence of the Lord. And he reminds us that uh, you're you're a son first Mm. or you're a daughter first before anything else. You're mine. And that, yes, we 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 are his hands and feet to minister to other people and to and to draw people um, into his kingdom. But um, essentially, he wants our heart. That's what he wants from us. He wants he wants our heart. He wants our mind. He mm-hmm. wants our surrender to mm-hmm. him. And so many things that we find in issues in in different areas of our lives are um, as a result of of our lack of time with him. And we've all been there. You know, we've all been there for honest. Yeah. And especially for for people involved in ministry, we can equate our work for for God with our time with him and it's mm-hmm. not the same mm-hmm. um and we've all heard that before um but but to to have that awareness constantly and to think well you know what when have i had time to retreat you know jesus would always yeah. have moments where he would say i'm going to be with the father and he would leave everyone else so he could have that time mm-hmm. for his cup to be filled um and i think that time with with him puts our mind in a better perspective to see to see things the way it should be. And then we can prioritize our marriage and our family and we can learn to put time aside for one another. But that, you know, that constant run, 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 drive, drive, drive um, is usually our, our idol of control or comfort or whatever all the rest of the idols are. But I think time, retreating to have time with him is, is, so, um, is so important. Yeah. yeah. Guys, it was great. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Uh, Again, these are my friends, Kaisha, Rodney, Wilkinson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, local local bloods. Look at this. I love I love being able to serve serve with you. Love your friendship, man. Appreciate you being real. The people that I appreciate. We appreciate this dude. Um, There would be no married in the middle without this guy right right here. So thank you. He's legends of awesomeness. Straight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad to be able to help and serve you guys. And uh, that's what we want, gospel partnership, to be able to glorify God and the gifts and callings we have. You guys definitely have a a calling and uh, giftedness to be able to impact many people. So I wanted you on to share your wisdom and your counsel with the people that I influence. So I appreciate you guys being able to share your wisdom and advice. And... uh, Last plug, y'all, Marriage in the Middle podcast. Check it out. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Been able to film and uh, help launch that for them, and it's so good. Uh, if you want more nuggets of wisdom like this, check that out. Guys, appreciate it again, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to thank you later. You. Bye. Peace.